Hello, all my beautiful people. It is time once again for another amazing episode of If You Give a Data Podcast. So, this week I have with me a really cool guest. This is a young man who is new into the wrestling business in Oklahoma. He is a commentator for a lot of the local Oklahoma wrestling shows and stuff. So, I got to have him come on and tell his story. He reached out to me and said that he had never been on a podcast and never got to tell his story. So I felt like this would be a good place for him to be able to do that. And I am very thankful that I was able to have him come on and talk with me. We had a really good conversation. And like most of the other guests that I've had on, I can't wait for him to come back. Um, He was a lot of fun to talk to. He had some pretty cool stories, and it had a unique way of actually getting into the wrestling business. I'm really happy with this one, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So, if you're as excited as I am, then let's get the show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast... Hey, Dad. Get back in your car. Go. <laughs> Get out of here. You can't be here. I wasn't about to call you Dad, so. <laughs> Seriously? Just for the, you know, the work rate, brother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. She said he looked like an old piece of leather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Supernatural, which is by far one of my favorite shows. And I will be talking a lot about Supernatural. I will be quoting Supernatural. Bro. I just remember because they also, everybody, whenever they came to the ring, goes, <laughs> What? All right, before I get started, I just want to talk about R&L Designs for all of your custom hat, cup, shirt needs, even key fobs. If you need any of this stuff customized, go to R&L Designs. They have everything that you could ever want or need. They have some of the best prices that I've seen. They have some of the best stuff that I've seen. Um, just go over to their Facebook page, and that's R&L Designs. I'll put a link to them in my show notes. Also, if you would like to get a hold of them, you can reach them at randldesigns19 at gmail.com. That once again, that's randldesigns19 at gmail.com. For all of your custom needs, hit them up today. Give them a like, give them a follow. Alright everybody, so today I have with me uh, a new up-and-comer in the Oklahoma professional wrestling scene. He is not only a student, but he also runs his own business, the Gold Standard Media for Professional Wrestling. And the guy that I'm talking about is the voice of Oklahoma professional wrestling, the Velvet Voice, Walker Stewart. How you doing today, buddy? Man, I am doing phenomenal. What an introduction you just gave me. I Lifting off the resume, I very much appreciate that. Um, yes, everything you said is true. I'm, I'm very happy to be here on If You Give a Data podcast. Yeah, well, I'm really glad to have you. You know, it, 
it's always nice to have people who are as excited as I am about it. So it's very nice to have you. Yeah. So from what you've told me, you've, you're coming up on a year when it comes to the uh, professional wrestling, when it comes to I'm, the commentating side of it. If Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my introduction to the business is actually kind of, uh, I, I don't think it's the same path that a lot of people have followed to get into it. A lot of people will. You know, they'll hang around ringside trying to get people to recognize them and, and maybe one day get asked to help with something or, you know, something along those lines. Right. For me, I, I, I took a bit of a different strategy. And it, well, honestly, it, for all intents and purposes, was not intentional whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um, I go to the University of Oklahoma and I have shopped around multiple majors throughout my time there. Um, one thing that has been consistent throughout that it has been music, but uh, I, I went from a business degree to what I, I'm now my second degree is a film degree. Um, oh, wow. But uh, at one point I was leaning on a journalism degree and I was like, well, if I'm going to try and pursue something journalistically, I should probably have some sort of writing experience under my belt. Uh, what I ended up doing was I reached out to a bunch of different wrestling news sites. Uh, I, I got my start at eWrestlingNews.com. Shout out to Tony Mango for giving me that opportunity. All right. And uh, it was a very good experience. I still do some work uh, briefly on occasion for them on the editing side of things. But you know, they gave me the opportunity to start writing about professional wrestling. And this led me to getting different connections with people inside the business, whether it be through me doing interviews with them or yada yada. So uh, I, I, I started that around March of 2021. So uh, just a year and two months ago, I've been with E-Wrestling News. And uh, what ended up happening was uh, three months into it in, in July or so, or, or June, I believe, they asked me, Walker, we want you to go and cover the professional wrestling scene where you live. Uh, go cover the Oklahoma Indies, write about them, and maybe our readers would be into that. And I jumped on that opportunity full force. So <laughs> what I ended up doing was I reached out to uh, Empire Pro Wrestling. I reached out to every wrestling promotion in Oklahoma, actually. But Empire Pro Wrestling was... Uh, the first one, it's based out of Oklahoma City. And I said, hey, I want to come to your show. I want to review your show. Uh, how, how about it? And they said, sure. So I come in, I pay my $10 like everyone else, nothing right. special. Uh-huh. And I was captivated by the talent that I had seen there. And, you know, it was it was your typical Oklahoma indie show. There are some great things and there are some not so great things, but <laughs> the great things really stuck out to me. And uh, I, I just kind of have been involved uh, from there. I got my start uh, just a month later at, on July 24th, and I made my professional wrestling debut as a commentator after uh, some of the people on the management side of Empire Pro Wrestling basically said, hey, you know, we liked your your story that you wrote on us. Would you be willing to do more? And I, I saw this as my opportunity. I was like, well, I'd, I'd love to keep writing about y'all, but the real dream has always been pro wrestling commentator commentary. And so, um, you know, that is where uh, they had an opening in the booth. They heard my voice over a phone call and they were like, you know what you're in. And so that's, uh, that's how I got my start. That that's really cool. And like you said, that's unique. That's not the way a lot of people actually get into it. So, I mean, wow. So you said you're still going to college uh, right now, correct? Yes, so I am entering my, my third year, my junior year, if you will. Okay. Um, I'm actually in summer classes right now. I'm taking some of those, but um, in, in the fall, this August coming semester, um, that'll be my third year there at OU. Right on. 
Yeah, most of my family are. When it comes to uh, football, I have a lot of OU uh, fans in my family. Yeah, I, you know what's crazy to me is that I, I started. I went. I didn't go to OU for. I know a lot of people that went to OU just because they're like, oh, I love the football team and I live somewhat close to it. And uh-huh. I came to OU was not a football fan whatsoever and I, I wouldn't call myself the biggest football fan but it's like if you're if you live in norman you're almost like contractually obligated to 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 follow the sport if you will and right so, um, it's almost know, a sin if you don't yeah exactly right <laughs> so that that's how i you know i, I started getting into a, a football a little bit on that side of things as well go sooners we love it here so oh, i'm guessing that you just as a kid, you watched wrestling just like the rest of us and everything. Uh, what was the thing that actually like popped out to you when you were a kid that was that first thing? Because we all have that first memory um, of wrestling as a kid. We all have these memories of pro wrestling. And a lot of people I feel like you, you would bring on to here uh, will be older than 20 years old. So their answers yes. will probably be very different than mine. <laughs> um, but I, you know everyone kind of has that age range that they hit that they find wrestling and they're introduced to it by family you know eight to ten or something along those lines and mm-hmm. um i remember it was 2010 i was eight years old and it was john cena versus batista at over the limit it was the uh attitude adjustment off of the car that led to <laughs> batista's retirement that well, was, that's my very first memory in pro wrestling that's awesome that's what he's like i quit <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. I, you know i tell so many people that and they're like oh my god you're so young and i'm like yeah because everyone's like oh well i love uh steve austin and the rock and i love you know uh, hogan and the rock and all that and i'm like yeah. oh man no, i i didn't live through any of that it's right it, it's definitely a different introduction to wrestling now the the thing with that is though um a lot of people might look at, at what i just said and go oh well you, you don't know anything about you know the good old days of wrestling but my you know that was that was the beginning my first introduction to wrestling where i truly fell in love with pro wrestling though almost didn't even start with the product itself it started with the video games um, oh, and i yeah. feel like a lot of people especially like guys who grew up playing smackdown here comes the pain and no mercy like i know a lot mm-hmm. of people are going to relate to that for me though it was wwe 2k14 on the ps3 that dropped in 2013 because it had this mode it was called 30 years of wrestlemania and oh, cool. it, you got to play through a match that took place on every single wrestlemania every single wrestlemania card up to wrestlemania 29 and then some other stuff that probably happened on 30 um and so what that did for me because i was so invested in this mode that i was like I want to look into this whole like history of wrestling. Like I know what I'm watching now, but uh-huh. who is Randy Savage and who is Hulk Hogan? And uh-huh. so you have this, you know, 12, 13 year old version of me in, in 2013, uh, trying to figure out like all these, these things that I really, at that point, like it was, it was very overwhelming. Like I was like, Oh my God, Hulk Hogan, Andre, the giant 93,000 screaming Hulkamaniacs in the silver dome. Like it was, it was such a, an eye-opening experience to me and strangely enough i I owe it all to uh what is going back and playing it now like probably not a very good video game but it was was life-changing for me (laughs) yeah i mean some of those uh the older ones are i think they're better video games than some of the the newer ones that they've come out with too um i think until probably the most recent one everybody's preferred probably 2k 13 or 14 or something like that 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I in the newest game that came out too. Honestly, I almost didn't even pick it up, and that's like it's shocking. Like, oh. I just said that my big, uh, in my big influence for getting into the business and even loving pro wrestling to begin with was the video games, and so it's a big shock for me to not want one. Uh, so they they really screwed up the past few years. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have. <laughs> so you have your business as well now i know that you do um editing for video and do you put commentary on there as well or is that um separate from that and what is the business exactly that you have yeah so the business it is it's gold standard media productions basically and it's not entirely pro wrestling but it seems that you know with with my passion being in professional wrestling i've just managed to uh, make make an influence there and that's primarily what i enjoy doing but we've also produced some comedy shows um that were in oklahoma city and different things of that like oh, wow. um basically what it is and what my role is um i am our pretty much our sole editor i get all of our bookings together and i have a team of anywhere from three to seven people give or take on any show that might just come to help out to run audio or to uh, film getting the film is probably the biggest aspect of that mm -hmm. um and pretty much all of the equipment that i own is um you know it's it's all stuff that i pretty much use at the uh, the commentary table if you will mm -hmm. um which, that's actually what i'm talking to you through right now the roadcaster pro is this beautiful beautiful device for recording commentary on and, and podcasts and all those sorts of things and so oh. um you know it, a, a lot of the commentary that i do is live live commentary so i will bring a, a whole setup with me basically and since i'm the one on the set for a lot of shows that i end up producing um i end up uh, kind of just working the whole thing and I, I set it up and set up all the headsets and the guys while we're watching the show we're recording the commentary live and all you do is, is you just slap it on the video but there are some instances and it's actually why i might be a little bit backed up on getting some shows done right now where uh, the commentary doesn't exactly save or record or it runs out of space and it doesn't tell you until the show is over, which is incredibly oh, no. frustrating. Yeah. Um, and so there, there are definitely some moments where I've had to call in some of my friends that are in the commentary game and be like, hey man, can you make the drive to Norman real quick? I, I have the show that needs to be done. And uh, I, it's as simple as, I, I remember one of my first shows that I did commentary and post for, it was me in my college dorm room last year uh, with my buddy Ethan doing commentary screaming in like a, a 12 by 10 room that I lived in for an entire <laughs> semester, you know, probably, <laughs> I probably made a lot of enemies in my hall that day uh, for some of the stuff I was saying and how loud I was saying it. But I was, you know, it was, it was a pretty fun experience. So, um, you know, the, the live versus the in post production commentary. Um, I, I enjoy doing them both, but the, post-production tends to be one of those like oh my, my gosh we've made a mistake we have to remedy this somehow sort of thing so just look at the positive side of it one day those people can say hey i remember that dude hollering in our hallways and now he's on tv exactly right yeah <laughs> and, and that's the fun thing about like having broken into the, and I, I i i consider myself very blessed and lucky every single day to have just i i really did luck myself into this position and it, it is the truth like if i and the hard work has been there and the tape study and uh, studying on all of my influences and guys I look up to like Mike Tanay and Jim Ross and Bobby Heenan. Yes. Um, all, all of these sorts of 
things that I, I did put into it, but I wouldn't have had the opportunity to put that work in and grow in this position if I didn't look into it to begin with, with there happening to be an opening the day that I was able to make my first show with Empire Pro Wrestling. So, Yeah, I mean, that that's awesome. Right time, right moment, right time kind of deal. But, you know, I mean, at the same time, it, it seems like yeah, I'm, people can tell whenever you have a passion for it and when you love what you're doing, and, you know, they're going to gravitate towards you more whenever you love it. It's not just a, you know, a hobby. You know, this is, I can obviously tell, this is something that you have a passion for. Same with, you know, doing this podcast. I love doing this. You know, whether I get three listeners or I get 300 listeners, I love doing the show. So, and I can tell that with you, you know, you live, eat, sleep, and breathe uh, wrestling and you know commentary and doing all of this and it, it really shows yeah no I, I i love doing this man it is one of my favorite things to do and it, it's one of those things too where i didn't even recognize how important commentary was to a professional wrestling product until i i really got into it because yeah what i would do whenever i was younger is i would i'd pull up youtube because i YouTube was around when i was 12 I could pull up YouTube when I was 12 years old, mute a match, watch it, and just talk to myself. Uh-huh. Um, one of the the bigger ways I actually started even conceptualizing the idea that I could do commentary um, was on a platform called Twitch.tv, which is a live streaming platform for those that don't know. Yeah. Um, a lot of people stream video games and different things on there. What I would do, and this really started around the beginning of the pandemic, um, whenever things got shut down for me it was actually in my senior year of high school so i had nothing to do for you know until from march until august of that next year where i went off to college Mm -hmm. um and so what what ended up happening was i would i started streaming on twitch i amassed a little bit of a following on there which i'm slowly going to be getting back into creating content on that platform i love and one of the things i would do on there was i would play the wrestling games no matter how glitchy or broken or unenjoyable the games might have been i tried to make them exciting for the viewers through doing commentary and i would i i I would call a show the same way that i called it live and so it's almost like whenever i first made my my actual debut in, in pro wrestling commentary i had a little bit of an experience i knew how to be able to talk and i guess i don't want to say make people want to listen but i almost speak with more of a conviction than i've heard uh, some other people do on their first attempts and so i think that's one of the things that really played to my strengths as well yeah uh, uh, definitely you definitely do have a voice that it fits very well for this when uh you know this is the first time you and i have actually spoken where i can hear your voice and i mean i've i've watched some of the some of your videos online and everything but you do definitely have that voice which you know um grabs people's attention and it it works perfectly for doing commentary and things like that. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that, really. Yeah. Okay, so you were talking about Mike Tanay and, uh, you know, um, JR. Uh, who do you like to pattern? Because uh, I had a guy on here a few weeks ago um, who was a ring announcer in, out of uh, New Jersey. And, you know, he said he liked to pattern himself after Howard Finkel. He said he was a direct Howard Finkel ripoff most of the time. So is there anybody that, um, like, you try to pattern your style after in your commentary? 
Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because when I talk to a lot of people that I, you know, one of my commentary partners, Mike Andrews, he's in his 30s. And so he grew up watching during the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression and all that. So from mm -hmm. the 90s to mid 2000s, he was, you know, all over it. And during that period of time, you had guys like Jim Ross and you had guys like Jerry Lawler. Like that's when people think commentary duos, everyone's like, that's the team right there. That right. And, uh, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. That's the yes. team right there for a lot of people. Yeah. I grew up watching in the 2010s where I had Michael Cole. Not yes. only that, I had heel Michael Cole, right? So it's not like my <laughs> coal miners. <laughs> exactly, right? You know, so it's not like my first exposure to pro wrestling commentary was the greatest thing ever. And don't, I'm, I'm not trashed on Michael Cole by any means. That man, whenever I, I heard him commentate an NXT UK title tournament a while back, uh -huh. he did phenomenal on that because he didn't have people in his ear the entire time. He's uh -huh. a natural. It's just that during, I grew up in a period of time where it was so uh, stoic, if you will. It was, it was really hard to listen to. So you're not yeah. gonna hear me say those names. A lot of people <laughs> that I, I based myself around. I, I feel like I, I really go to try and have the, the intellect and the wittiness of a Bobby Heenan um, and the intelligence of a Mike Tanay. Uh, okay. Mike Tanay is just one of those wealths of knowledge. Uh, I, I do want to try and embody the, the memorability of Jim Ross. I love you know some of my favorite calls in pro wrestling. Stone Cold, Stone Cold. That's mm -hmm. Jim Ross, you know? Exactly. Uh, Kurt Angle's got a milk truck. What the hell? Like, you know, Jim Ross was part of the, the most iconic moments in wrestling. And I really think that they might not be as up there on the iconic scale, if you will, if Jim Ross wasn't the voice behind it. So right. overall, like number one, that's my boy, JR. Oh, yeah. I've always been a big uh, Mike Tanay guy, especially whenever he was like the main. I mean, Taz was right there beside him, I believe, at the time when TNA was doing phenomenal you know when they had everybody there i loved listening to mike Tanay. he was probably one of my favorites and i, I believe at one point they even called him the professor on there because he yes. is that wealth of knowledge of course yeah and that's the thing too i i know a lot of people that will have certain commentators that are just absolute turnoffs for them. And while I might have a couple on my list that I don't need to name right now, I, I <laughs> try and take something away from every single person I heard. For instance, I, I know a lot of people may not like like Don West circa mid 2000s commentary in TNA. Okay. But the way that man just gets, just gets so excited, so into the action. Like, I love that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I know a lot of people during uh during prime Mauro Ranallo and on SmackDown and NXT. I know a lot of people didn't like kind of the cheesy references to pop culture and stuff like that. I love, I love it, it. You know, it yeah. makes wrestling relatable. Yeah. So I, I really try and pick something out. Even uh I, I'm not exactly the largest Mike or Matt Stryker fan in the world. Uh -huh. Um just because I and I think I there's just kind of a disconnect within time periods when i was watching wrestling and him being on there but right. the way that my, matt striker would say things like like someone would have someone in an, in an achilles lock you know go feel your achilles tendon and feel how sensitive it is you know like one of those sort of people who can break down the maneuvers taz does this a lot on AEW as well right um, breaking down certain chokeholds and different things like that it's just it's phenomenal and i try to take some of the uh the aspects of all of these people that I just named and placed them in myself somehow. Well, and you know, the, the one thing that, that a lot of people take for granted is the color side of it as well. Yes. You're Jerry Lawler's, you know, his t comedic timing 
was impeccable. Uh, he knew exactly when to say stuff. Now, Pat McAfee is doing a pretty good job, I think, but he's not Jerry Lawler in that aspect. Yeah. But you also had people like Taz. I remember um, during the Ruthless Aggression era, I had Taz and Michael Cole as a team on SmackDown. And they were just as good if not sometimes better, in my opinion, than JR and Jerry Lawler at times. you know, And it's yeah. because they knew how to play off of each other. And you had that difference there. Um, with Taz, you know, he... The dude can talk. You know, he can talk anybody up. There was a few times whenever he first came into AEW and he was with uh, Brian Cage where it was almost like, man, I want him to get in the ring. You know? <laughs> Exactly right. Just the way he was talking, you know, it's just like, man, I would, I want to see them smack him in the mouth, you know. Forget Brian Cage for a minute. This dude can talk, you know, and that's a very important thing in wrestling. If you can't talk, then you might be in trouble if you don't have a mouthpiece. Oh, one hundred percent. And and you mentioned something earlier about um about your color guy. Yes. And I I love play by play commentary. It's one of those things where I remember, like being in the wrestling video games you could create your character and go through every single move in the little move set create a character list or whatever and mm -hmm. i would memorize it like oh an argentine backbreaker i know the difference between that and a regular backbreaker you know stuff like yeah. that and I, so i i really pride myself on being able to do very good uh play-by-play -play commentary and as soon uh but, but actually the truth is i started as a color commentator because uh mike andrews who i've mentioned before um, earlier on in this pod, uh, he is—he's uh, marvelous, Mike Andrews. He basically was the commentary guy in Oklahoma before I showed up, and uh, that was actually very intentional on his end because as soon as I showed up and he figured out that I could carry a sentence pretty far, uh, he was like, "Oh, well, I'm getting out of the commentary game. I want to start managing people." Um, he has a very longtime personal close best friend in uh, uh, the sober slugger leo fox who is in control your narrative now and he's doing phenomenal stuff and those are my boys really mm -hmm. um but but mike has gotten out and he started managing and that left a hole in a lot of different promotions in oklahoma i, I four or five at the very least in the play-by-play -play aspect and i was like oh man this is what i want to do but as soon as i i my first booth was a three-man booth i was the face color guy um and then there's a heel color dude in chris anderson and then Mike Andrews was play by play. And I, I thought I did okay because it's, it's basically like being a face color commentator like Pat McAfee is or something like that. It's, it's very innate. You know, you really are just drawing the fan side out of yourself more and more throughout that compared to the way you typically might on play by play, right? Right. And so it's almost just like saying what I thought naturally. I didn't really have to ham anything up or anything like that in any sense. And so. Um, it was it was really fun, but I realized like wow, color commentary is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. You know, you you have your heel commentator, and yeah. oftentimes he's going to end up dogging on either the play-by-play -play guy or the face guy, and, and you have to be able to play off of that. You need to know when to lay out and to you know let the guy get his heat from you, and don't let him uh, you know don't try and say anything to make him look stupid. Your job is to kind of be the punching bag in a sense, uh, and and a lot of people are going to have different philosophies on that, but that's kind of one of the ones that I was I was trained under and so it was it took a lot of adjustment and I still do color in a couple different places um 
throughout Kansas and throughout Texas. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've really learned, like, it is very much a different beast. You cannot just be a guy with a microphone. You have to be a guy with an intention on a right. headset in a wrestling product. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, like you said, you got to be quick-witted, too. You can't... <laughs> you got to almost not only just keep your head on a swivel, but you gotta you got to make sure that you've got almost a set of comebacks in in some ways as well yeah and it's really funny you mentioned that you know a lot of the early shows i did commentary on i was also the one producing them so it's very nice to be able to have that because if i said something either maybe i probably shouldn't have said that and it shouldn't make air or Uh which is very far and few between at the beginning um or something where i just like completely lost train of thought i was i was very easily able to edit around that um (laughs) and there were there were a couple of times there was a um there's a ring announcer and occasional commentator in oklahoma city named diamond jim james southern he's also one of my best friends we me him uh leo and mike who i mentioned earlier they those are like some of my core guys in the wrestling industry and uh i i asked james i was like could you fill in on a a product that i have coming up soon he's like yeah sure 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 so we show up to the show and i had never heard this dude do heel color before because he's usually just a very neutral ring announcer and he made me lose my mind multiple times like i he he was outwitting me so hard that i was like i really need to step my game up he's one of those guys where i sat down with him and i was like i am not good at this (laughs) you know Um, it almost almost makes you lose your confidence while that might not be entirely the truth it's it's one of those things where um i i sat here and i was like oh man i really need to have some things kind of in the back pocket of how to respond to him there was one thing where he might have like insulted my intelligence and he was like you probably go to the university of oklahoma don't you None of, <laughs> no one down there has a iq higher than their shoe size or something like that and i was like wow that that got me and i had to i had to edit around that during that show uh, but suffice to say, it was, um, you know, it, you do have to be quick witted, whether you're no matter what role you're playing on a microphone, because you are the voice of what uh, these people are seeing. And you really right. have to sometimes a lot more than you should have to. Sometimes you really have to be the one telling the story more than the wrestlers are to try and get over the fact like, hey, this is important. You need to care about this. Please come out to our next show live in person. Right. And that's really my intention throughout every single one of these shows that I work on. Yeah. I know you saying that reminded me of something. Uh, I don't remember exactly where it was, but I remember hearing a conversation and they were talking about Gordon Sully. And um, he was he was a commentator before TV was even around. Yes. You know, and he had people so intrigued by it there was a man who was actually blind who listened every week to gordon soley because he could see exactly what was going on because of how well he was able to articulate what he was seeing in the ring yeah i mean that is that is that is a say status of of legendary that you a lot of people can only dream of i don't ever believe in in the world there will be another another Gordon Sully. I think that there was a, oh gosh, I was reading a, a Bleacher Report article that a friend of mine wrote a few years ago and I was rereading it. And it basically said uh, in it, he was like, the debate between the two greatest commentators in 
the world of wrestling is is Jim Ross and Gordon Sully, and those two people can't be replaced. And I yes. full-heartedly agree with that sentiment. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, Gordon Sully was very good at what he did. That is another guy that I haven't listened to enough of him to place him on my list alongside Jim Ross and um, Joey Styles and Mike Tanay and guys like that. But I, I know for a fact that he's very good because pro wrestling commentary wouldn't be as important as it is today if a guy like Gordon Soley didn't come around to make it important like that. It's it's one of those things where th- that man right there is someone that I can thank in, in my dreams for paving the way for a guy like me to come through these doors. 100%. You know, I've went back and I've rewatched some older stuff that had Gordon Soley, and he has that, it's just that smooth voice that's just perfect for what he was doing. And like I said, you know, you could close your eyes and still know exactly what was going on. Somebody else that you did mention earlier, that, and I, I know a lot of people don't like him for their own reasons and stuff, but um, Moro. Ronaldo. Yes, uh, he, I loved how he had the proper names for the different moves. Oh, and you yes. know it, it was and it just flew off of his tongue like he knew exactly what it was as soon as it came out and he brought a lot of excitement to it i for me that was he was one of the best things about NXT especially in the time whenever you had um Nakamura uh, still in NXT that was probably the best time to watch NXT was during that time in my opinion. 100%. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. He's the reason that I ever wanted to care about guys like Nakamura and guys that were coming through the developmental system at that time. Yeah. No, none of those guys, as much as I follow the indies now, I, I didn't really whatsoever during that period of time. Um, and I like maybe I was just getting into it or something like that. Yeah. But around, around that time where Ronaldo was in NXT, I was like, oh, who, who the hell are these guys coming through these doors? I don't know yeah. anything about uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, who? <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm lost here. And Mauro Ranallo is painting this incredible picture. And, and not to mention uh, the, the pictures that he painted with his words and with his euphemisms and all that. But oh, you yeah. also have this guy who, if you're at a live show, I mean, people talk all the time about, like, oh, Pat McAfee gets on the desk and does the air guitar when Nakamura comes out. Right. Who the hell cares when Amaro <laughs> Ronaldo is like about to flip the table over because he is so excited about what he is watching? I don't know if you've seen that they have these. They used to post these videos on YouTube occasionally where after an NXT takeover or something like that, it would be a camera that was pointed right at Maro the entire time uh-huh. sitting on the desk. Yeah. And it was just Maro like, Mamma Mia, he's jumping out of his chair. <laughs> he's, he's doing backflips. Like, this dude's going crazy. That is the energy that I want to put into my work and that's something where i don't i don't even think i'm there yet um these are all things that i i'm just i'm working toward and i'm reaching toward but when, when you have guys like maro it is a great person that you can look at and and try to emulate and that's why i love guys who who, who have that energy in their work especially in the the oklahoma scene i mean mm-hmm. I, and i'm i will never dog on a single person in Oklahoma in wrestling because every single person I have worked with has treated me with respect and love and dignity and that is all you can ask for in wrestling and it's also kind of rare to find in wrestling occasionally right um but whenever I first showed up to uh to the scene like they either didn't have commentary at all for some of their shows Mm -hmm. or 
they the commentary I heard was uh, like was was a little lackluster. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, you could have a guy who uh, is sitting here and he's like, "Oh, well, this happened," and he's like, he's talking like this a little bit, and like, you know, I I I, I, t- I like doing commentary almost the way I'm talking to you right now. I'm excited to be here. I mean, I'm excited to be on the podcast. You know, right. it's it's one of those things where I I want to put that in- excitement into into both forms of, of products that I do and especially in professional wrestling because I think that professional wrestling needs more excitement you don't yes. need to have guys like especially if the action might not be the most enthralling thing in the world these commentators need to be the people who are like like this is the greatest thing they've ever seen like they've yeah. never watched another professional wrestling product before and that's how I look at every product I do there you go well, and the thing that comes to mind and I I think of that when I'm doing this, whenever I'm promoting anything, you have to constantly be selling. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to. Uh, otherwise, people are going to get bored. If you seem like you're bored, then they're going to get bored. You know, I've heard some commentaries before of watching independent shows online, and half the time they sound like they're bored. Or another thing that I found, there was a guy, I don't remember where this was, but... I was listening to the commentary, and he was talking to somebody. I don't know if they were sharing a microphone or what, but you could not hear the other guy that he was talking to. You could only hear him, and you knew that he was retorting to somebody that was sitting right next to him, but you couldn't hear a word of what they were saying. Yeah, and and that's actually a really great point that you bring up because this kind of ties into the whole point that I got into the production side of things in the first place. I mean, mm-hmm. I was commentating over wrestling shows the first show i think i ever did commentary for was filmed by a logitech c920 webcam which is like a hundred bucks in a best buy and it's not the most high-tech thing or clear thing you will ever see and that was the first show i ever did commentary on it had sabu on it uh it was it was great i really loved it that's cool yeah it was fun (laughs) um the the thing is with it though i i looked at that and i was like man like there's got to be something better that we can do here, right? And then, you know, right. I start talking to different promoters and stuff like that, and it all comes down to, like, well, we can't pay people to start doing this, and we can't uh, we can't afford this equipment, blah, blah, blah. So I start doing some research, and I realized, wow, I do pay thousands of dollars to go to one of the top schools in uh, the country for mm-hmm. uh, film production and for journalism and different things like that. And so... I started realizing like, okay, the University of Oklahoma has cameras that I could check out. I check out one of these cameras. Wow, these are phenomenal. How many can I get? Oh, four at a time? Awesome. And from then on, the gold standard media productions was born. So really the big reason I started producing wrestling shows, I I wanted to be able to do commentary for a product that looked good because I wanted to be able to flex it to friends, to be honest. Yeah. I was sitting here. I wanted to be able to show people like, yeah, dude, look, I do this wrestling show in Oklahoma City. And I'd, I'd show them a clip, and it looks like an actual, as close to a television product as it could have. Mm-hmm. And that has actually led to some of my friends, like, starting to dive into the wrestling world a little bit. Oh, you do this in Oklahoma City? This is kind of accessible. Let's come out to a show. Let me go to a show in Tulsa. Let me go to a show in Texas. That's and, really um, cool. yeah, that's that's kind of what got the start there. And then the, the passion really picked up for it whenever I realized how much what my footage was doing was impacting the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked, gosh, I, I've worked 200 
41 total matches. So, you know, double oh, wow. that or triple it or quadruple it for what's it called? The amount of people that could be in it. But at least 241 matches I have recorded and I have done commentary for. And within that, I, I, I'm giving footage to these people that they could either send links to people on YouTube or I could send them files or something like that through Google Drive that they right. can send these footage, multiple cameras and all that with pretty stellar commentary on it to all these promoters. And as soon as I had people reaching out to me, hey man, like that, that video of this match that happened last weekend that you sent to me just got me booked in Arkansas, just got me booked in Kansas, New Mexico. I, I got my friend booked in California through just giving him a high quality video because a lot of these promoters will end up getting videos that are maybe shot on a, uh, yeah. a an iPhone camera vertically or like a yep. camera from 300 yards away, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it, it was, it's almost like a, a breath of fresh air and legitimizes a lot of the workers I noticed that, um, that tend to come through and uh, have these opportunities given to them based off of the footage that I'm able to provide. And that is really where I fell in love with what I was doing. I, I will always tell people I love doing commentary more than anything in the world. But in terms of direct impact that I get to help make on friends that and, and people that I'm not friends with in the business on their careers, yeah. that is that's absolutely priceless for me. That's awesome. You know, and the thing is, is it's not only are you taking pride in what you're putting out there but the thing is is you are making if it wasn't for the wrestlers you wouldn't have this job and yes. so you are making them look better and better by doing this and so you know they're going to want to shine just as much as possible they're like oh hey he's uh recording tonight so let's uh let's step it up a little bit tonight you know let's let's kind of jazz it up or however you want yeah. to say it, you know, you're, and you're completely right. You know, yeah. that not only does that help your business, but it helps them as well. So it's almost like an encouragement for each other to do better because if they didn't have you and you didn't have them, where would they be? You know, yeah, it would just be a little show. A symbi it's such a symbiotic relationship. And I yes. love that about what I get to do with a lot of the guys that I meet. I, I had someone tell me like, what, what was it? Maybe like a few months ago, they're like, they, they stopped me in the hallway, like got real serious and were like, man, I want you to know that the reason I like coming to insert promotion here is because I know I'm going to get great footage out of it yeah. and I get to show yeah. it to people. And whenever I retire, eventually I will get to look back on these videos one day and like show my kids and know that I did this. And I That's was awesome. like, wow, like that was incredibly eye opening for me. Yeah. Um, and that's a compliment to you too. Yes. 100%. <laughs> And, you know, that's another thing with what I'm doing here. Not only am I presenting all these different people and stuff, and that makes, you know, my brand a little bit more appealing, but also I'm helping, I'm hoping that I'm helping to get their name out there as well, or your name out there as well, you know? It's kind of a, we're helping each other out. It's a, it only makes everyone better. So moving on from that, do you actually sell the DVDs yourself or how does that, how does that work? Yeah. So it, it really just is based off the promoter. So okay. a lot of guys, a lot of my work is honestly available on YouTube. Okay. Um, I have just a lot of different stuff on there, whether it be through 
gosh, let me think, Buzzsaw Championship Wrestling in Guthrie, Oklahoma, Empire right. Pro Wrestling, Red Dirt, Red River, Texoma Pro, UWO, or Unified Wrestling Oklahoma, uh-huh. all of these places I have done production for and, and a vast amount uh, more. A lot of it is is available on YouTube just because um, people are trying to grow their their social media brands. YouTube links are easy to share, and so they can share a, a post straight to Twitter and straight to Facebook, and maybe a potential fan will find that one day and say, hey, I want to check out what this whole wrestling thing is about in whatever town this is in. Yeah. Um, I, I have had uh, some of my work that I, I'm actually putting to DVD. There is a comedy show that I recently filmed, I think just a few weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. called Cave of Comedy out of Oklahoma City that is actually run by some people in the wrestling industry. Oh, and wow. so um, we are, yeah, it's crazy how that works. Yeah. Um, I, I have managed to start putting that to DVD um, and they're going to be ending up selling those just at their shows and um, a lot of times that'll be like, you know, we the the promoters will pay for like if they want it on DVD they would pay for the stuff too like the actual DVDs themselves and I would just put it on with my computer and such but yeah um yeah most of my stuff is available on YouTube or on IWTV which is independent wrestling TV as well as a uh, Fight TV and probably more things that I'm not remembering right now yeah. <laughs> so you do have stuff on Fight TV as well I do have stuff on Fight TV yes oh wow that that's pretty and i mean i know there's youtube and uh things like that you can get a hold of as well but i mean that's even something uh that's becoming more prevalent in the wrestling world i think that's where you get um if you want to watch um ring of honor pay-per-views or if you want to watch um aew pay-per-views that's where you have to go to watch theirs as well so i mean that's that's pretty awesome yeah so if i know that you're kind of all over when it comes to um, social media and things like that. If people want to actually follow you and stuff, where can they do that at? Yeah, I am on Twitter at Walker Live, Walker with a U, that is W-A-L-K-U-R. That was the uh, the name that I streamed under on, uh, on Twitch, which okay. you could also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Walker Live, that same name. Uh, Facebook, just Walker Stewart. Um, and... Uh, Instagram at the Walker Stewart. I'm probably have a bunch of other social media I could shout out to facebook.com forward slash gold standard media prod as well. P R O D uh, for the production company as well. Okay. And that would be it. Do you have any big things that are coming up that you wanted to talk about while I got you on here? Well, specifically, uh, you know, I am just trying to make my way out in the industry. Um, I have a couple of cool things that I'm pretty proud of that are either in development or are coming soon. The There's a video game, Indie Pro 22 Rebirth of the Territories, that I'm actually going to be featured in as uh, one of the kind of, I, I guess, characters that you can draft. It's basically a booking simulator that's going to be exclusive to PC on Steam. Um, and the Velvet Voice, Walker Stewart, will be making an appearance, as well as a couple of different um, promotions in Oklahoma as well. Wrestling for a Cause, Empire Pro Wrestling, Unified Wrestling Oklahoma, and a few others as well. So definitely be sure to check that out. That was, you know, I got to be honest with you, Jared, that was one of the most, like, mind-blowing things that I had ever gotten. I'd, I'd gotten a DM from a friend who is a, a worker out in California named Toxic Trent. And okay. he was like, hey, man, I'm going to be in a video game. I was like, oh, dude, that's cool. And he goes, 
yeah, man, you should apply. I said, what? Apply? You can just apply to be in video games? <laughs> and there was this submission sheet where basically you filled in, like, send us a video of your work and what's your experience and what do you do in the industry and blah, blah, blah. And um, I ended up being one of the people that they're including to be from this, you know, this Mid-South territory of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's one of the uh, the big things that I have coming up as well there are also some shows that you could catch me at if you what this is releasing next week right yes it'll release on the 6th oh my gosh those of you listening on the 6th you're having a fantastic time right now i'm sure Uh, (laughs) you could check out uwo parade of champions in oklahoma city june 11th where i will be texoma pro wrestling in sherman texas on the 17th uh a big show the oklahoma city pop culture convention featuring a multitude a cast of characters such as Sergeant Slaughter, Jake Roberts, Ted DiBiase is going to be there. There's going to be three different wrestling shows over a period of that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, June 24th to June 26th in Oklahoma City at Remington Park Casino. So definitely make sure and go check out all of those places. Those are all places I will be. And uh, I hope to see those fans of the If You Give a Data podcast podcast. To, I hope <laughs> to see them there. So. That'd be great. And uh, one last thing before uh, I get you off here and everything. Uh, is there anything that you would like to leave to your fans that uh, you'd like to say to them? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, how how long do you have? I, you could dedicate an entire episode <laughs> to the list of thank yous that I, I could have. I mean, uh, you know, one of those things is to always, always love your parents. My parents are the people who back me 100% even whenever um, you know wrestling started to get in the way of my studies a little bit and I managed to uh, I manage that pretty well now but it's one of those things where they realize like this kid loves this and this is the thing he wants to do and they supported me and so yeah. I am forever thankful and grateful for my parents and I love them both and I wouldn't be surprised if they're probably listening right now um, <laughs> but you know to anyone who has ever sent me a message to tell me that you enjoyed listening to something that I did to anyone who has ever said like how can I get tickets to this show that you're at I, I've had people even come up I don't even think I'm important enough for this people to come up and take a picture with me at a show uh, anyone who randomly I, I there was a dude at one show who I had never met before and he goes that's the velvet voice that was my first time showing up at that venue before so that's cool um, to anyone who has ever done anything of that sort to anyone I've ever shared a locker room with um, and to anyone who I, I ever do in the future, you know, you're all going to be a part of the story that is the velvet voice Walker Stewart. And I'm forever, forever grateful for that. All specifically in the business though, uh, my boys in the backbone, I mentioned earlier, James Southern, Leo Fox and Mike Andrews, as well as Logan Knight, all of these guys. Um, thank you all or you know just all of the this whole journey it's it's been crazy i'm only 10 months then it'll be one full year in july and i cannot wait for that that's awesome but you know i'm i'm definitely gonna have to have you back on here because i i feel like we only kind of skim the surface of everything here you know and i feel like we still have so much more that we can talk about so i definitely do want to try to bring you back on in the in the near future probably Awesome, man. I am looking forward to it. Seriously. It's been an honor. All right, man. Well, you have a great night, and I can't wait to have you on here again. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have a good one. You too. 
Hey, this is Eric. And this is Bill. And this is Jim. We are Oh No Not Them. If you're into pop culture, music, pro wrestling, anything fun, and you want to listen to three old friends just talking off the cuff, completely unscripted, unplanned, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us. Oh No Not Them. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation that I had with Walker Stewart. He was a pretty awesome guy. I enjoyed talking with him, and I can't wait to have him back on. So, you've heard me talk about this in the past, um, and I want to bring it up again. I haven't really heard very much uh, feedback on this yet, but I want to start doing a segment called the Rad Dad Shoutout. So what that is, it's where you send in send me an email or a message on one of the social medias and tell me who you want to nominate as uh, the dad that's going to get a shout out and what I'll do is I will kind of go through it and I'll give them a shout out here on the show you know it doesn't have to be your dad it can just be a dad that you think deserves it but um, yeah let's try to get that started I think that it's important that we Take the time to um, acknowledge the dads and the dad figures that we have in our lives. They're very important um, for young children and for growing adults and for young adults to have in their lives. And I think it's important that we give them the respect and honor that they are due. So, uh, yeah, send me in your messages and let me know who you want to nominate for that. You can send me an email at giveadadapodcast at gmail.com. You can also send me a message on Facebook, um, and that's at I-Y-G-A-D-A-P, IGADAP. It's the acronym for If You Give a Data Podcast. Or you can just look up If You Give a Data Podcast on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram, and that's Give a Data Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter, and that is at dadpodcast11. Um, send me a message on any of those if you want to nominate somebody, or if you just want to kind of tell me what you think about the most recent show or any of my other shows. Um, tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me your loves. Tell me your hates. Tell me your concerns if you have concerns. Um, just let me know. I've got quite a few uh, shows lined up. I'm already starting to plan out the month of July now too. And I am very excited about the people that I'm going to be having come on this show. As this episode airs, I will be recording with Presley Tennant. She is a up and coming country music star. Her people reached out to me and asked if I would like to have her on the show. She has a song that she has about her dad and um, we're going to kind of get into that and talk about that a little bit um, right in time for Father's Day that you know this month is Father's Day so uh, make sure that you um, tell those dads and those dad figures that you have in your life that you appreciate them this month but anyways we're going to have Presley Tennant on here and we're going to kind of talk about a few things I I think it's going to be a pretty awesome show it's going to be pretty interesting Um, The week following that, I will have on an actress who um, has been in movies since the 60s. And I think she's going to bring some 
pretty interesting topics to the table. Uh, this is the first actress that I've had on here, and her name is Jackie Naaman Jones. And then the week after that, I have a hip-hop star. He is pretty well-known on TikTok, and he also has made a pretty big following. Uh, I know on Spotify, he gets somewhere around thirty to 40,000 listeners a month. So, you know, he has quite a good following. We'll have him on. His name is D-Cure. And then the week following that, I am going to have on the one and only Phil Lawler. He is named as one of the co-creators of one of my favorite audio dramas that I listened to as a kid, and that's called Adventures in Odyssey. Um, He was a voice actor on there. He's a writer. He's a producer. He's a director on there. This guy's amazing. He's done a lot, and um, he played a big part in my childhood, and so I can't wait to have him on here. So that's what I've got coming up in the next few weeks. If there's somebody that you would like for me to try to get on to the show, don't hesitate to ask me. You know, um, something I've learned with doing this and with um, reaching out to these people, you never know until you ask. And the worst thing they can do is just tell me no. So, um, you know, if you have somebody that you want me to bring on the show, let me know. I'm always looking for new guests. I love doing this. I love presenting these people to you guys and uh, I'm very thankful for all of your support and I can't wait to see where this show goes. I can't wait to see what happens next. I'm very excited about everything. So I'm going to close the show out and I just want you guys to know that I appreciate everything that you do. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed our show, come back next week. Come on, guys. You know you want to come back. You might get some laughs. Well, my old buddy the arm is back. Oh! <laughs>